The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. I sense the presence of a greater evil. Check, check, one, two. Okay, is it recording? Good. Welcome to your reckoning, baby! Hey, Scotty, what's up? I'm coming back. Oh, got a toot. Hold on. The audio fun bag is brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. And now we kick it. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Management decided to give Los and Hoyt a show. And buried in your ear, there's a worm that you can't ignore. They needed a show to eat up some time. Terrestrial radios left behind. Previously on the Audio Fun Bag. Your dad had shingles? My mom has shingles now. Yeah, that's what helped him sleep. You might even suggest it to your mom. They should make love. That would be cool. We'd be brothers. On the fan. On the fan. I'll remind you, when the Braves score, you score at Express Oil This King. is the Audio Fun Bag. This is the greatest show. Now, there might not be anything more troubling than the idea of perhaps a Hoyt parent hooking up with my parents and us suddenly becoming stepbrothers. It's the Audio Fun Bag. We are live over at Hooters in Roswell. Just go ahead and take exit 7 right off of 400. Head west. You're heading north, and you'll run right into us right here on the left. It'll be us followed by Guys Night Out, which technically I think we're morphing into Guys Night Out at, at 7 o'clock. For, at 7 o'clock, from what I'm told, that's how it's going to be. We are Guys Night Out, and I feel like you've already created an exit plan. You are very churn-off on this right now. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a little curious as to what's going to happen. Not so much at 7 o'clock where we have our game plan, but there's going to be a time where Peter Moylan's going to be done with our hijinks. He's just going to say, I- I've had enough of you guys. Okay, look at how Moylan rolled in today. I know. He's got the undershirt he's got the cool hanging hair. out. He's got the flip-flops. I don't know. See, he's lifting uh, oh, his look, shirt up already. He's got the shirt going. And he's got Jose Canseco and someone else. Moylan is not going to be done with our hijinks. He's going to want all of our hijinks. I We're going to be best friends after this. You think we can all be best friends later? And I want you to look over at what's going on right now. Domino is going to spend the next hour talking up Moylan. He's going to be done with all of his Domino talk. He's going to want you and me, baby. He's going to feel at that point. Listen, I've talked enough baseball. It's now time to talk about important matters. Domino right now is the fluffer. That's all Domino is. He's getting the guest ready and prepared. There's no one better at this. And they might just They might just go, this is too much. We're just going to have to leave from here. So you can come check us out. We'll be doing this all the way live until 8 o'clock right over at the Hooters in Roswell. And a public service announcement. Since we are at Hooters, we might as well go ahead and get this one out of the way. If you are going to Charlotte for the Georgia-Clemson game, we will be at the Hooters right outside of Truist Field. Truist Field, their minor league stadium That's there. so weird to say. Their minor league stadium there. We will be broadcasting there on Friday. So, Georgia fans, the call is out. We're doing this like Chicago. We will be there Thursday. We will be there Friday. We will be there Saturday broadcasting. So, you show up. I'm we're pretty, your Friday party. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have some giveaways that might involve tickets. And I don't know if I can say that yet. But let's just say none of that is final, but it is an evolving situation. So tell your wives, tell your husbands, tell your girlfriends, tell your friends. Hooters, downtown. Charlotte. Charlotte. That's where we're going to be knocking the show out Friday before the Saturday game. And then we'll have another location Saturday, but Friday, that's going to be our main party spot. And there's I only see by those the boobies. You, there you go. That's, that's right, Buck. So do I. <laughs> Here's the thing. There's only one Hooters in downtown Charlotte, by the way. So you can't I'm, miss us. I'm thinking this is going to be like Super Bowl weekend or NBA All-Star weekend where they ship in the be- – I said ship. Yep. Where they ship in all the best Hooters waitresses, and so you just get your pick of the litter. You've been throwing around the idea of what it would be like to wear the shorts. No. Because you're you're very big into clothing. <laughs> no, you were going to say I'm very big somewhere. That tightens. That tightens. You're, you're the only guy that I know that you said, you know what? I feel like I'm doing the right stuff, but I'm going to add Manx so that I look 
like I'm a Terminator. So like Manx, I look good. Not that you know what a Terminator is because you've never seen them. They're called Manx because they're male Spanx, and I got too fat, and so I just started wearing those instead of working out. Because you know what? It takes two minutes to go to Nordstrom and buy them and put it on as opposed to an hour, hour 30 every day to work out and look good. So, But that's what the shorts do, too, and would do for you. You would have that look where suddenly my bottom would not look like that. I'm curious if it would. I, I'm going to ask them because we have fine. some very nice girls that are taking care of us. I just want to know, ladies, is there anyone who has a spare pair of shorts in the back <laughs> that we can try on Brian Hoyt? That's but all. You're going to have to just ask one for one pair. You okay now? So I, you think they have a, like a 38 just sitting back there <laughs> for one of the cooks? Like, what do you think right now? Like, you think all the cooks are in the same shorts? <laughs> well, yeah. Are there? they not? Are the men not in the same shorts no, in the back? I, I don't believe so. But if if we can find. One pair of, of – don't they have some novelty ones? Like, they have merch. Maybe they have yeah, they don't. I'm telling you, they don't wear. have shorts in 38s or 36s, and I'm somewhere in between. That's the worst part, by the way. Right now I'm sitting in a 37. You're so in the I'm tweener like, zone? I can't go anywhere. One gives me a muffin top. The other one falls <laughs> off my ass. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be doing this until 8 o'clock. Let's start right here in that we've had some big Georgia news where Will Muschamp is now moving into an on-field coaching position because of some of the changes that we're having. And we've talked about how Georgia's ready for that. And also how there's three letters that you need to get ready for when it comes to Georgia's offense this upcoming year. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. Oh, we only had to do it the entire Nick and Chris show for you to figure out I'm when you're I'm sorry, I was a little bit off on it. So OPP is offensive yards per play. And that's become important recently in college football in general. And it's how many yards do you get per play? It's pretty damn simple. What skews it a little bit is explosive plays. And that's the one thing we've talked about not only with Georgia's offense, but all offenses. How do you become more explosive? And so what I like to do is I like to look at recent Georgia success at least. 2012, 2017, 2018. Georgia was number one in 2012 in OPP. Seven and, seven and a half yards per play. Go to 2017, they were number nine in the country. 6.9 yards per play. No surprise because when you're that high, you're, com- you're competing for national championships. Almost sitting in that range. 2018. Number five with 7.17 yards per play. And it got me thinking, what the hell has happened to the explosiveness? And even when you had Jake Fromm, who was a freshman, you were still explosive. Whether it was Terry Godwin on a flea flicker going for a touchdown against Miss State or your running backs breaking one, you were still explosive. And then you look at the last two years for Georgia's offense. You were 47th and 36th last year in offensive yards per play. There's an area you want to sit in if you're Georgia, and you want to sit in that top 10 group. Let me list off. 2017, Oklahoma. Playoff team. Playoff team. Number one. Ohio State. Playoff playoff team. team, Number four. Georgia, number nine. Alabama, number 11. Sit in that top 10 region. The list goes on and on. 18, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. That was four of your top five. 19, we all know LSU, and there was Oklahoma, Clemson, and Alabama. Ohio State was fifth. And then last year, BYU was number one. And that made sense. You've got a quarterback going in the first and round Heisman Trophy finalist it was slinging the ball all over the all over the place Alabama UNC with another quarterback in Sam Howell Florida and Ohio State you want to be in this grouping and my question is how the hell does Georgia get there how do you become more explosive first off explosive plays really tie into overall scoring average because if you're explosive it's easier to get to the critical number which is 40 and 45 has carried the day the last two years with the national championship teams. Yep. So you got to be explosive. The idea would be if you give me eight minutes to score 21 points, tell me about the offense that can score 21 points in five minutes. That That's the idea of how quickly you can do it and run that number up. And for me, when it comes to Georgia, it's it's unleashing the passing game earlier. That's been the MO of, of, the, of the previous two teams that have won national championships. Run the ball late to close it out, but open the passing game up early to put the points on the board early. And the funny thing to me is I look at throwing the ball, and and I want to run the ball. I'm an old soul. But if you look at the Miss State game last year, Georgia rushed it 23 times for only eight yards. That's a a third of a yard every attempt It it was a loaded box the entire night. They said, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us throwing the football. Absolutely. And the same thing with Cincinnati. You had 24 rushes for 45 yards. That's 1.9 yards per attempt. To me, you can have all these skill positions, or skill weapons on the outside. Eric Gilbert, Darnell Washington, Burton, Smith, Jackson, Blaylock. The list goes on and on. Hell, you think Pickens is coming back for Halloween. Yeah, I do. Greatest. Or November. Greatest Halloween gift I've ever had in my entire life. But my point is, 
if you don't have the playmaker under center. You had like a kid on Halloween. If you don't. No, my wife was born on Halloween. Oh, still the big surprise. I didn't surprise. have my wife. Yeah, but that was a big surprise too. Not for me though. But if you don't have the guy under center that can make those boxes change from nine and eight to seven, you're not going to get explosive runs out there. And to me, when I look at JT Daniels, I do look at a gunslinger. I used to complain all the time about Fromm. He was almost too protective with the ball. He wouldn't throw the deep ball to open up those seven, eight, nine-man fronts. And I want to see a guy, and that's what you've got in JT Daniels, that will throw the ball around. Even if it's not completed, throw the deep ball and make the safety have to sit back there a little longer. But you're talking about a mentality change, and I think we both believe it's going to happen. The mentality change ends up being that Kirby Smart team with that quarterback was very protective of the football constantly and was trying to only chase points when it needed and to pound you into submission. Now when you talk about a mentality change, it now becomes are we now comfortable as a staff, as a program, when I say ours, and this is Kirby Smart and where he's at, are you now comfortable enough to chase points early in a game? Because that, that's the difference now in college football over the last couple of years. The last two years you would say most like Georgia has not had – we all know Fromm's worst season was his junior year, right? right. Yeah. That was 19. And then last year you had either Stetson Bennett or DeJuan Mathis under center. So you had your two worst quarterbacks roughly under the Kirby Smart era. The last two years in a row, Lowe's, Georgia's explosive run plays, and this is from our buddy Brent Rollins at PFF, 17.7 and 16.2 in the run game explosive. To give a comparison, it was 20 and 23 and 17 and 18. In 2018, 23% of their runs went for 10 or more yards. That's nuts to me. That's how you open up a box is by throwing the ball around. Well, that's superior talent. I mean, you're running with first and second round picks, high picks, with a, a pretty talented offensive line. But you had that superior talent last year. For the most part of the wideout, it really hasn't changed except for right now you don't have George Pickens, but you picked up Gilbert. To me, that's the only difference right there. But now you have someone under center that can throw the ball and open things up. That's the most important thing. So I hope Kirby Smart this year is down with OPP. Coming up in about five minutes, we will get to this week in audio fun bag history. But right now, the ATL nightmare, it's been predicted to happen. It's been talked about of happening. It might be happening. Uh All right. Have you seen the news involving Will Blackman? He's the former defensive back who played with a certain quarterback years ago, knows him very well. And when asked, he said, yeah, he's going to play in New Orleans next year. Are we talking about A.A. Ron? That's Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> Could you imagine the misery if Will Blackman, who again, played with him from 2006 to 2009, spent four seasons with him, knows him very well, and flat out just said, this was his quote to TMZ Sports, next year Aaron Rodgers will be a New, will be a New Orleans Saint. <laughs> he says, I can see Aaron Rodgers being a New Orleans Saint next year you're talking about a division now with tom brady aaron Rodgers, and whoever the hell carolina is going to have at the time there's a reason Car- tom brady is single-handedly in my opinion the reason carolina went out and matt rule went out and took a corner with the first pick in the draft it's we need to learn to shut down we you have to do the opposite of what teams are doing in your division you have to build the exact opposite way so if you're going to throw the ball around fine i'm gonna go get a corner if you, if it's a division about running the ball down your throat you go get a d tackle or you do the opposite to kind of mend with those teams i never understood what the falcons were doing do you remember in 2000 was it 2012 when they got beat by the packers at home that was the the 2011 season or the 2011 there and 2012 you ended up making the move to go get julio to be more explosive and arthur's response was well we need to be green bay south you don't do what everybody else is doing. No, you need, no. You need to always be ahead of the well, change, well, that ahead was, of the curve. That was the faulty thinking because the idea for the longest time in the NFL was beat your division, which you have to. You're now playing at least, you know, you're basically six playing six games, games yeah. against your division. And that's six out of your 17 now. That can swing what kind of season you have. So build your team to beat your division. Don't worry. It's very rare. We have to go back years and years and years. But it's not like Green Bay or Tampa is figuring out, all right, what are we going to do about Kansas City? How are we going to stop them? Nope. Like Baltimore might be thinking that. Hey, what about Kansas City? Baltimore needs to be thinking about Cleveland and Pittsburgh. That That's how you end up advancing out of this thing. You can't talk or think about the guy, you know, a couple divisions over where his future – uh, it would only would only affect you come the playoffs. You show me a team that goes five and one or four and two in the division. I'll show you a team that won the division, more or, likely, or is in the playoffs. And so, damn! If 
if Aaron Rodgers comes into this division, you're again talking about Aaron, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan on the back end. Like, you can't work. And by the way, this is a team, where is most of the talent on the Falcons? Uh, it's at the skill position. Yeah, and that's not that's not how you defend those things. You're going to have to as this thing evolves. And this is where I think the mentality changes. Can you now become a more physical 12 personnel team? I will give Arthur Smith credit. I do believe that's what he wants to do. I don't know if he has the personnel to do it, but I do believe that's his mentality overall. That's how you have to deal with Tampa. And if this does happen this way, it's going to be how you beat the New Orleans Saints. You beat them with physicality. It's going to be different. And if, if Blackman's right, and you are in a situation, Aaron Rodgers only got one more year in Green Bay. Yep. It's, it's all coming to a head. The press conference where he lit the entire thing on fire for 30 <laughs> minutes. Just let you know. Listen, we put a Band-Aid on this thing. They're, they're already talking about trying to, to fix a relationship. Oh, no, the divorce Sorry, I don't think so. The divorce is happening. We're just going to hang out and have a good year so the kids don't, you know. Yeah, have a... at this point, Mommy and Daddy are sleeping in different rooms. Uh-huh. And we all know what's coming. It's just, you know what, it'll be after Christmas. We're waiting one year for the kids to go off to college, and yeah. then we're going to finally end this thing. Can you imagine him, by the way, lined up with Sean Payton? Because I've seen what Sean that's Payton can part. do with guys that are Jameis Winston. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the scary part if you give him a supreme overall talent that knows the game as well as the man who's who's coaching it and just says, all right, just give me some guys around me and we'll go. We'll do this. I saw what he was doing with an unathletic quarterback who was old, who was short. Don't get me wrong. Who was great. Who was Drew really great. was a great quarterback, but he was also at the tail end of his career. Yeah, this and man's I, still at the height of his powers. He's league MVP. Correct. Like, you want to talk about nightmares for Falcons fans just sitting in your dreams, having to play them twice a year, and then having to play Tom Brady, because he's going to keep playing until he's 56, twice a year. He's not kidding about 45. I know he's not, and he shouldn't. Why would he? Yeah, Why? he's Super Bowl champion. It's not like he's breaking down, by the way. This isn't Peyton Manning with the Broncos. Like, he led them. It wasn't Peyton's defense leading him to a Super Bowl. It and was. Him just it was I got a good defense, but I'm going to do this, too. Watch yeah. what I do. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's just how things are, are shaping up. Way to up. scare everybody in the city of Atlanta, I Lowe's. just want us all to realize that things that are being talked about, that there's, hell other is people, coming. there's other people saying winter is coming. Get ready. All right? <laughs> the White Walker Aaron Rodgers White Walker, is coming Aaron down. Rodgers might be coming down from Green Bay. The wall has fallen. He might be heading south. He's got we, a dragon. We all got to get ready. Things are going to get crazy, all right? <laughs> just so everybody knows. All right, you've been waiting for it. You've been hoping for it. We knocked it out. During the Nick and Chris show earlier on in the day because we wanted Cellini involved. Because we did a lot of Cellini-centric in this week in Audio Funback history. Now, Ovaltine and Laramie Cigarettes present this look back at Audio Funback history. So those unaware, uh, Los and I have a show called the Audio Fun Bag. Six to eight whenever the Braves aren't around. But why is it called the Audio Fun Bag? Well, um... There was a bit that we did that got taken off the station called the Audio Fun Bag, and uh, just kind of brought it back, kept the name, they gave us a show, and so here we are. And we like to do history lessons, because lots of people know the drops, uh, Buck Shades On in the club, but you don't know where they come from. Like the Domino, oh, like that was one of them. We we explained where that came from and how it occurred, And, and so there's a lot of things like that that are drops that... People hear regularly, but they don't remember where they came from. Do you know how that came about, by the way? <laughs> I don't. So you guys were on with Rude, yep. and Rude was explaining the group of friends that he had. Everybody's group of friends in high school had a name. And Rude goes, we called ours the clan. And Domino just goes, oh. They may have been before my arrival. No, oh. no, you were on the air with him. Was, oh. Yeah, you were all talking about it. And What did you they- call your group of friends when you were a kid? Your crew? I called them the clan. Oh, I guess I was there. So maybe I tried to forget it. So those are the little historical moments that we bring up because we forget kind of the origins of them sometimes. And so this first one, this was speaking of Rude. Rude was on the show with you guys as well. And you guys had just started doing on campus. And I had a vision in my mind about how it was going to work. It was I wasn't angry with Sean. I was angry with myself because there were too many moving parts. And Sean thought. I was angry with him. But I, I, honest to God, on my child's eyes, I was not. Well, Sean's here. Sean, did you feel like it was a, a very tense moment that was created? <laughs> because the fact he didn't talk to me for two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I think he tried to apologize after I said, Nick, nope, we're, we're not talking anymore today. I believe, we're call it a day. I believe the general idea originally for On Campus was we were going to continue to segue to next story, next story with a piece of sound. 
And unfortunately, that's not how it happened. In three minutes, going to ask a basic question of Georgia fans. Should you be insulted by this news? But let's move on. Sound. I like the music. It's a All right, we'll move on to Georgia <laughs> and their scrimmage, which will be held on Saturday. Uh-huh. What about the running back position? You've got two guys banged up in Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, Kirby Smart. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm waiting for Kirby Smart. <laughs> now you're talking right. to the board well, up. Yeah. This is going swimmingly well. I think we're going to delete this on campus. Excuse me, hang on a second. I think we're done here. I think we're done here. It's too much. Too many moving parts. Let's just talk about a few different things. I'm done. It's over. So this is where we ask now you and Nerny, what is going through both of your minds when this is occurring? I'm not even sure what was happening there because it was the very first on campus. I thought I wanted it to be more at a faster pace. Sean, what, where, where did the miscommunication fast. happen? Though? If I can remember, we had a bunch of drops, like from Animal House, that okay. you wanted me to fire off in <laughs> between the each story. Then, in other words, yeah, okay. Yeah, but then each story had a piece of, like, coach sound to go along with it. Uh, and I think I got, got confused as to whether you were going for the coach's sound or the Animal House sound. It was just, yeah, it was, I mean. And then we had just met each other, so right. you know, we weren't sure about each other to begin with. Yeah. Let's move on to our next piece of sound. Everybody knows when Nick tried to pronounce Hooters... He instead said Cooters. Cooters, correct. But why did you say Cooters? Nobody knows the backstory to this. And we will play the piece of audio now, and I will explain after the audio. We are here at the Cumberland Cooters. 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 Hey, now. Cumberland Hooters here on Cobb Parkway and uh, at the corner of Cumberland and Cobb Parkway right across from Cumberland Mall. So I believe it was just the C from Cumberland. Cumberland, yes. That changed it from Hooters. Now, I never knew why, but I never really listened back to it. Now I know. Now you understand. Because you slammed Cumberland with right. Hooters. Okay. You See, that happens. You could have done Humberland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Humberland Cooters. And, and you could probably start a franchise like McDowell's and coming to America and call it Cooters. I don't know. What would they wear? That's a very good question. Nothing. <laughs> Merkins. <laughs> Merkins. Look it up. <laughs> Might be the first time in the history of sports talk radio that that phrase or word has been used is there any kind of bet that you could lose where you would rock a merkin on like your Uh, head for a day i would have domino do that (laughs) i always want domino to dress up like i don't know the the clown from it or (laughs) ronald mcdonald just walk around the battery go down to the braves game just act like nothing's out of the ordinary handing out balloons (laughs) how you doing how you doing now this next one in audio fun back history is is a rather long one but there is a backstory to this now We would do Bulldog Roundtable with Chuck Dowdle for about 30 minutes, and then it would be you and Domino on the air. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Chuck's equipment didn't always work, and what happens around a station is when things go wrong, you just grab whoever's closest in the bullpen and you ask them to come on. Because some aren't really masters of the ad lib. (laughs) Is that a shot of Chuck Dowdle? No, it's not. Oh, it sounded like it. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Well, Dowdle had on... Just stay on the program! (laughs) Former athletic director. Get the open for Chris and Nick now. At Georgia, Greg McGarity. And the problem We're is. We're out of time. The problem is Nick's going to lose it because he has to be on the air 20, 10 minutes early. The pro- I have a system, man. A routine. And you've disrupted Nick's routine. The problem is Greg McGarity is still on the phone and listening to all of this. <laughs> is this just where we are now in the SEC, but in college athletics uh, across the country, that uh, it's it's an arms race all the time? Everybody's kind of doing something at different areas, so I don't think you could walk on any college campus and not see any cranes or any type of construction sure. going on on any college campus, whether it's academics or athletics. Uh, where did Dowdle go? Uh-oh. Where did everybody go? Quickly. Nick and Chris, hurry. Right. 23 here on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Once again, want to thank the Bulldog Roundtable for their outstanding professionalism. <laughs> it is Domino and Cellini starting seven minutes early, but we'll do our best <laughs> to fill time as only we can. At least a couple of times a month, it's the Bulldog Roundtable grab bag. Trying to keep us on our toes around here, apparently, Domino. All right. Um, we're the show of honesty, but you don't need to be that honest. Just say, here we are. Look, do I need to take that sheet to fill in seven minutes for No, you? no, that's You're okay. Sure. That's okay. Hey, guys. Chris and Nick I'm will always on. bail people out. Don't worry about it. They're Honestly, we didn't hear so What am I that. doing? Stretch, Chris and Nick. Fetch, Chris and Nick. Catch the Frisbee, Chris and Nick. 
No problem. We got it. So you're dumping. <laughs> now, for some reason, uh, I didn't hear, and neither did Chris, Greg McGarity at that point. And you're going off on Bulldog Roundtable and Greg McGarity while Greg is still, still on the on. phone saying, hey, I'm still on. Hey, guys, you know, I'm still on. Yeah. Hey, guys, Chris and Nick I'm will always. <laughs> no tirade goes unpunished. <laughs> How did you feel now listening back to that, Nick? Um. We all make mistakes. Right? <laughs> None of us are batting a thousand. I've said it a lot of times. Isn't we are here at the Cumberland Cooters. I've done a lot worse than that over the years. Isn't it fun to relive all these? And then the final one, and Nick, if you'll look right there under your console right there, mm-hmm. there is a, there's still a fart machine right over there. This, this was the time we thought it would be fun. To, we thought uh, it was pr- pranking everybody seemed like a good idea at the time. And this is when we decided to play fart machine while you were actually on the air, and this is how you guys handled that. Are you allowed to have earbuds in at Augusta? Um, that's a good question. Because if you can't have your phone, I don't you think can. so. Yeah, I mean by by that rationale. Is there any electronic device? No. I guess is my question. No, Probably I don't not. think so. You you all right over there? <laughs> that's not. <laughs> what me. did you do last I'm, night? I'm not doing anything over here. I have no earthly idea. I heard that this morning. I'm glad you're hearing it now. You're no, an animal. I'll, no, that is not me, and I'll, I would not take responsibility for that. Let me ask you a question. Are you, are you hearing? Are you guys hearing that? It was going on this morning as well. Hold on. Someone's messing around. When did you escape from the zoo? You animal. I wish stuff like that could come out of me. I'd be proud. Now, at the time, there was construction going on next door, so I thought maybe somebody was, I don't know, (laughs) sawing something. I love to be soldering something. I don't know. animal. You all right over there? (laughs) That was during the time period where we did that to Zeno. We also messed with Friday Night Football, where we were putting screaming noises on the TVs See, right, right next to them. That's not fair. It was a screaming goat. It was a that's, screaming goat. It's not fair to do that to those yeah, guys. Yeah, we kept messing with everybody, and so that one became... Mess with Doug Conkle? Like, let's do the fart <laughs> machine and see if we can get away with that one, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we were able to kind of go behind the scenes. It's kind of the behind the music. It's like very VH1. Yeah. I guess Chris and Nick I'm will always. <laughs> <laughs> and that was this week in Audio Fun Bag History. That was today's look back at Audio Fun Bag History. Stay tuned for more educational sports conversation as we head. Let's just face it. This is all really stupid. Messing with him is one of my favorite bits. Messing with him and Domino is literally one of my favorite bits. He takes it so well does and he? then rolls with it. Does he? Does he always? Not always, but again, it's different. If you are just professionally messing around, he rolls with it. If you're messing up the show, as in like you're not taking care of what you're supposed to be, that's what frustrates him. The other stuff, he doesn't care. He loves it. So what did we do the last two days with Nick during 11 to 2? We accentuated the fun, maybe? Okay. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Follow the podcast Spark on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. Aren't you going through a divorce or something? You told me to bring it up. This is when a very famous Hollywood actor, Steak, was attempting to bring up his name and needed help from the rest of the crew. Hey, uh, what team will you watch just to root for them to lose? Santana's Three Strikes. What team do you watch, hope they lose? Uh, movie coming out, Southpaw, this week. Jake Gillen, 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 Him. Gillen, Gillenthal. Gillen Hall. <sighs> 
He was close. Jake Gillen. Gillenthal. I I knew what he was talking about. We all knew what he was trying to say. You guys, you okay, guys, no, that's different. Rapid though. You said he was fire. Close. I knew who he was talking about, but he wasn't close. All right, let me hear it again because he gets the Jake Gill part right. Let me hear that again. Hey, uh, what team will you watch just to root for them to lose? Santana's three strikes. What team do you watch? Hope they lose. Uh, movie coming out Southpaw this week. Jake Gillen. Gil- okay. Gillen. Melon. Him. Gillen. Gillenthal. Gillen. Was cle- you had an idea. Now we're just looking no, at just poking I knew who he was trying to, to come up with, but he was not close to it. I don't even want to ask how this One came man about. is pitched in the big leagues for over 400 innings. The other man, he's interviewed over 400 dead Hall of Famers. However, today, none of that matters as we find out who knows their Aussie. One comes nervous. from a London under. <laughs> If I lose The other has Chipper's phone number. This game's going to make you wonder. Who knows? The Aussie's better. Man, I stereotype the hell out of that island, don't I? (laughs) That voice. Well, he he loves men at work. We're just going to go back and forth. and, And this is, you know... Peter, to some extent, you do have a home field advantage on this. So your questions might be slightly more difficult. Slightly. But is but this like children's trivial pursuit versus adults? It might a little bit, come yeah. across that way. We'll start with Domino, though. Domino, that, Australia is known as the land down blank. Oh. Uh, that would be down under. That is That's correct. correct. Thank you, Colin Hay. Thank you, Colin Hay. Wow. Domino knows his Australia. Uh, let's move over to you, Peter. The first prime minister of Australia from Harry 1901. Holt. To 1903 was the Harry Holt. Ooh, incorrect! You really need nice. to study your Australia. That's Edmund Burton. Of course, that would was. be like you ask ask me who the first president of the United States was. Who was the first president? George Washington. Okay, there we go. Let's let's just move on. We'll pretend Peter didn't miss that one. Okay, one one. We'll call it. Uh, Mr. Domino, yeah. this marsupial that is native to Australia is known for jumping and carrying its young in its pouch. Well, that would be a kangaroo. That is correct. Thank That's you. good. Yep, we He's used to really run to school. Remember. <laughs> Uh, me look dumb. I get it. This is payback. I understand. That's a 2 nothing lead for Domino. Let's move on to Mr. Moylan. Second question. How do you say beer in Australian? Foster's. That is yes. correct, actually. He got that one. <laughs> two to one. You should have given me that one. I would have been three. <laughs> I, didn't, have three. I didn't think he'd say that. Uh, Domino, this Australian city hosted the 2000 Summer Olympics. Melbourne. Incorrect. Would you like to steal? steal? You yeah, steal. you can steal. Sydney biatch. <laughs> two two. I was not expecting you to miss that. Isn't a steal of double points? Let's give uh, Moylan a tougher one. Oh. <laughs> Thank the, God. The 2032 Olympics will be hosted by this Australian Brisbane. city. Wow, he's got a three two lead. I don't on even you. know what he said. What did you say? Brisbane. 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 Oh, I was going to say Brisbane. Brisbane. Incorrect. Brisbane. Incorrect. Brisbane. All right. Domino, this is an easy one. Sure. You should get this. Look, make contact with me. Uh-huh. As opposed to the rest of them. Paul Hogan uh-huh. or Rebel Wilson? Paul Hogan. That's that is correct. That, that is, is correct. correct. Well done. Well Thank done. You. All right. Well three, done. three, 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 three. Is this like Jeopardy now? Do I get to ask the question? <laughs> yep. No, no. Next one to you. Hugh Jackman or Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. That is incorrect. No, it's Hugh Jackman. It's he can Hugh sing. Jackman. He's Logan. He yeah. can sing. But you yeah. got to understand, he loves musicals. So the greatest showman, <laughs> he's in love with it. I can yeah. tell. Let's yeah. do two more. Two more for each of you. Uh, Domino, koalas are indigenous to Australia. Mm-hmm. What leaf does a koala eat? Mm. Eucalyptus. That well is done. correct. That is correct. That's well a 4-3 lead. That is Bravo. We Thank thought you. about well it, too. Well, done. well, well done. done. Let's move over to Peter this as we continue easy. to talk about <laughs> koalas. How many vaginas does a koala have? <laughs> Two. That is incorrect. It's three, it's actually. actually. Three. Oh, it's actually I knew it wasn't one. <laughs> How do I know that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't come out very good. <laughs> all right, all right. Your, got, final, your final question. Final question please. for both of you. Domino this, with a one-point lead right now. You that, can, like, risk your points, I think, right now. Okay, right? I'll allow yeah, it. Yeah, it's like Jeopardy. It's like Jeopardy. Domino's yeah. like got four. Wolf. Domino, how many would you like to risk? All of it. Four, all oh, of I'm it. I'm going, yeah. True you... daily double for Domino. Right. Domino, Dunkaroos are a delicacy in Australia. Dunkaroos have cookies on one side and blank on the other. I, <laughs> I, do, I don't know. You I'm out. <laughs> yes. You want it, Peter? You want it? Oh, I want it. Go ahead. They're not, they're not. It's Nutella, but I don't know if that's... Cookies on one side and blank on the other. Nutella. Oh, incorrect. The answer was frosting. 
frosting. But Peter, Domino's down to zero, mm. so you can win right here. How many of your three points would you like to wager? None. None. All right, good call. <laughs> this guy went to college here in America. <laughs> he just insulted him. The national dish of Australia is? Meat pie? Ooh, incorrect. It's the Bloomin' Onion. The Bloomin' Onion oh, is the national dish. Oh, what, what, yes. I'm not sure. I've never heard of these Dunkaroos. Oh, it's a it's a cookie. It's, yeah. it's an American cookie. Because it cookie. has roux at the end of it. It's clearly Australian. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Right, thank you. It's a kangaroo that bounces around and Not he does cookies. That's how, that's how it gets to school. It's a product so, of Australia. Well, as we expected... Moylan obviously wins. Peter Moylan with the victory. Peter you know Moylan with the victory. All right. Let's, uh, I can let's, live with that. Let's talk a little current day. <laughs> it's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. Looks like the sun is coming up, Chuck. Shades on in Dark Club. Now, I am glad for this. You know, whenever you've got buddies, one of your buddies makes fun of the other buddy, and it's mean, and it, you feel oh, bad, oh. but it's really funny, and so you've got to play it. <laughs> yeah, you feel bad. Yeah. So this was a genius line delivered by one Brian Finner in yesterday in reference to Chuck. It was completely awesome. We have to play it. Yeah, unless they're going to give me a lot of free meals. But I can get those in Atlanta. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hooked up Chuck Oliver. You see him come in the room the other day? He was so happy, yes. Because I, I, I got him a table. Yeah. He calls up. They gave him a 545 and a 10 o'clock, right? Yeah. They said, we can get you a 545 and 10 o'clock. And he said, you know, I'm going to take both. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Wow. That's good I'll timing. I'm hungry. <laughs> get in my belly. I want to bring this up because I, I keep talking about this Braves team in these 10 game spurts. And I did all the got really serious. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, shit, we just took it down. A Barbara little. Walters, let's well, go. Well, listen, I wanted to be silly the entire time. They I'm just get cry. up. They just get, no, no, no. Okay, they just okay. get upset with me. So you tore your UCL. And then what happened? And then, and then what'd you go through? Who, who nursed you back to health? Uh, no, so the Braves have had these, these spans where you just had for your first time over a 10 game span of 7 and 3. The rest of the season, the tops they've had is six and four. You've yep. had three, four different times that you've been able to do that. I think these upcoming ten games are so critical for where this thing is going because it's an opportunity to bury the Mets and put yourself in a position where I think it's a horse race with, with Philadelphia. The Mets are burying themselves, so that's that's good enough. But, yeah, you are 100% correct. We are playing. Uh, Cincinnati is going to be tough. Um, and then I think we run into a stretch of games where we play a few teams that aren't having the most success this year. Uh, whereas the Mets are playing the Giants and 13 Dodgers. Dodgers. 13 yep. games 13. So I'm on record as saying Toronto and Cincinnati are the two teams I wouldn't want to have to play right. if I had to <laughs> figure out if I was moving on or going home in one game. Wow. That is such Non-playoff teams. That is, they can either be the the best team in baseball yeah. or they're the Orioles. Like, it's... <laughs> it's there's no in-between. There's no in-between. They what? go on runs with, like, Joey Votto hit eight home runs in, like, it's, they go on these kinds of and runs. And Springer, by the way, has decided now he's the greatest player in the game. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You Check really the believe numbers. that? Check the numbers. Okay, do you really believe he's, if you're, if they're all, so here's how I ask he this. He's top five okay. player in the game. I'll sure. ask you this. They're all on the playground. They're all free agents. This is the only way that I know people are telling the truth. I'm going to give you first pick of everybody. Who are you taking in baseball? No injuries? Nothing. No injuries. Money doesn't count. I'm not talking about salaries either. Right now. Right now. They're all on the playground. They're all free agents. You get to pick the first one. You have the first pick overall. Who are you Holy taking? Cow. DeGrom. He's going pitching. Still. Okay. Wow. Can I respectfully disagree? No. Okay. He's the, <laughs> he's the greatest pitcher. When he's healthy, he's as good a pitcher as you or I have ever seen. Do you buy into the... It might never be healthy again. No. Not, not, okay. today's, not today's world. If he's throwing 100 when he's getting an MRI every other week, then clearly 100 is there. So what are you supposed to do with a guy who's got two Cy Youngs? He's the best pitcher in the game, and I'll grant you when he's healthy. Yeah. He's got 77 wins. He might not get to 125. Well, that's what, not his fault. No, but what's the legacy supposed Why is, to be? What does win matter? Oh, it still means something. It does to the team. It doesn't to the pitcher. And they don't win enough games that he pitches. That's their other problem. That's the problem. They don't score any runs. All right. So if he doesn't win 100 games, what am I supposed to think about Jacob DeGrom? Doesn't matter. Look at his other numbers. Look, okay. at what, look at his body of work. Don't look at his wins. Look at his body of work. I'm supposed to assess a guy who's 32, 30, turning 33 with 77 wins. And I've said, there's never been a guy better with 77 wins in baseball. Yeah. 
how am I supposed to think about like people are saying Hall of Famer? I was like, okay, we really gonna move the we, we really gonna move the goalpost to get a guy with a hundred. No, but I'm not saying that he's he's 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Like he's still got so six, you think seven this years is, for oh, him oof. to minimum. He will. I'll make a bet. I'll make a bet with you right now. I'll make a bet with you right now. I'll make a bet with you right now. He's not pitching a 37. He's not pitching a 37 years old. I'll bet you whatever you want to bet. This. Okay. Perfect. Because of injury or because he decides he wants out. I don't think he's going to have fun for the next four plus years. Have you ever seen Jacob Degrom preach to Freddie Freeman? He loves it. Telling me that's not fun. Yeah. Well, not when you're going to. Here's what I believe: twenty starts a year, twenty-two starts a year is not going to be fun for a guy that good. Why? Why? Because you're still in the big leagues. Okay. Someone is still going to give you money to pitch 22 games. Roger Clemens signed a deal at the All-Star break to pitch the rest of the season. I don't think being unhealthy is fun for anybody. It's not. But if he's able to get the job done and for okay. 22 games. 37 years old. And still make $15 million a year. 37 years old. 37 years old he'll pitch to. Minimum. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying he's done at 37. You, well... That's five years from now. So you went one year less than what my original thing was. <laughs> way, to, way to go out there, big fella. <laughs> I, I threw a number out at you. You're willing to bet the money. I'm, I'll bet that he will definitely pitch the 37. Okay. But this is what's different as, as far as how we view our Hall of Famers in Major League Baseball versus the NFL. In the NFL, if you're the best player in the league for three years, that's good enough where they go, okay? Right, but, it's the, but it's, it's different because it, it's, it's so compacted. So yeah. We judge, even though we're seeing. Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Correct. He's, he's but you can the, look at a seven-year run. Yeah. But but they throw the word of ace around. To me, being able to pitch 33 starts a year for five years, that makes you an ace. Sure. That's Don Sutton, right? Don Sutton was as good a uh, – he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But would you call Don Sutton an ace of the squad? No, because so, no, he had guys around him, too, who always seemed to be so better. His get, body of work, he's 22 years, 24 years in the it's big tremendous. leagues. It's sick that you can – Earns him the right to go in there. So just, longevity just like gets you there. someone who dominates no – No doubt. For eight to ten years. I think my point is, I, I believe this. I believe when guys can't get healthy, they get miserable. Right. And I'm not saying I wish it upon anybody. I, was I would never, never. healthy. And I'm still the happiest guy you've ever met. You were not miserable when you were not pitching. No. Ooh. Because I had a goal that, that was gonna, I was going to get back and I was going to do it again. Were there not days, though, when I it got was, pissed off when it happened. Were there not days, though, when it was dark as hell? Cause yeah, like, hell, right I after. Like, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And but at that's that point, still... do you not question yourself? or no. And why am I doing this? What's no. the ultimate goal? No. Not once. Did you ever throw him? Really ask him. Did you do the infamous go to a high school field to just find anybody to throw to to throw? Because I know that when you go down to rehab, that's there's nobody around. You're I doing was, crap on backfields yeah. that nobody ever sees. Well, I got lucky, especially with the second one. Chris Chris Medlin blew out two weeks before I blew out in spring training of 2014. Talk about like you had right. a buddy, yeah, like, right. my Martin. best mate in yeah, Atlanta, right. and, and you're going to push each other. And now we're just going to crush each other yeah. until and. Okay. What happened was he left in January because he signed a two-year deal with Kansas City, yep. and I couldn't get a job. That was the difference between where we were at our, at our careers. So I then have to go and prove myself. I signed a player-coach deal with Atlanta in 2015. Yep. Remember that. And I'm down in spring training, and I'm doing my work at 6 in the morning, and I'm getting out there on 8 o'clock in the morning with the kids, and I'm coaching the kids until midday. And then if there's and a game, I'm out right. there. I'm charting. I'm sending in reports. I was a coach who was rehabbing his Tommy John. And just so happened to feel good in August, and they sent me to AAA. And I pitched good in AAA, and they called me back up that year. And it was just, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, everything that I've done, it's all house money. Like, it's, it's all just been, yes, I've worked my ass off, don't get me wrong. But it's also just been, like, opportunities have just, I'm just fighting for opportunities. You realize you have an outlook, though, that most major leaguers do not have. Why? Uh, not be- the ones I talk to. Yeah, I don't believe that. I just think that there are certain guys when they are that good. They get miserable when they can't be that good. Sure. Then you can retire. That's what I think is going to happen to this guy. No. He's too, it's too easy. It's, it's, it's the easiest outing I've ever seen a pitcher have. He plays with guys. He has a curveball that's his best well, pitch. He, he throws 100 throw in the first inning. It, which, it's, and he, he throws it in the doesn't throw his best pitch. And he's still the best pitcher in the world. I think the part that's shocking about him is it's such easy gas. Everything is easy. Every, right. It doesn't ever look... Like he's maxing out. And so many guys, yeah, but, especially when we're all trying to come up and, and, and get to okay. that level, we're all maxing out way but too guess hard what? up here. Everybody's got something. Chipper had $10 million eyes, 10 cent feet. Everybody's got something. Everybody's got an Achilles. And whether it's a shoulder or an arm or it's flukish, I'm not telling. He's an, 
he is as good a watch as I've seen. I've watched again. I'm old. Do you think that he would let them MRI his shoulder, elbow, back, whatever they're MRIing every week if he didn't want to pitch? I don't say he doesn't want to pitch. I, he wants to pitch now. So let me ask you about Mark Pryor. Mark That's Pryor. A story. No, no, no. Hold on. But it was eight times without a cut. Right. And what do people start to say at that point? Right. Guy, guy's never been cut on. How the hell are you hurt this much? Right, you never right. had a surgery. That was the guy that I was told about that you go, okay, you get a little squirrely because you're not really sure. What, what is it you want to do? Do you know pain from injury? I think this guy is actually legitimately banged up. I think he's banged up. And I, I, my thing is I just think that there are certain guys who go, I don't like being less than what I know I can be. Right. But you're never going to – that's fine. And if that happens, then we lose watching one of the greatest pitches for a shorter amount of time. Correct. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to let the get to that point okay. without trying everything that he can. Okay. Most guys that I've spoken to, every like uh, I'll give you an example. Um, Luke Hochaver, mm-hmm. right, had thoracic outlet surgery. He couldn't throw a baseball, but he still tried for 18 months to try and get this thing to work, and it just never responded. I have a, a mate of my, my best mate in the world, best man in my wedding. His name is Russell Spear. Lives in Australia. Was a big Big, big prospect over here. Was with Detroit, was with San Diego, was supposed to be the best product to come out of Australia. Was the best athlete to come out of Australia. Had Tommy John, spent two years rehabbing and couldn't come back. Some people can come back, right. some people can't. Now I think they've gotten better at it, but he's going to give it every opportunity he can to come back and pitch. Because one, the money's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and you can really not have enough of that. Even at 15 a year, I never made any, like, I, you look at, I always, I often joke that I'm the only guy in the world that got nine years of service time and like made the league minimum every year, because that's what it translates to yeah. be, and I'm never going to give it back, I'm never going to complain about it, but I wanted to do it because of baseball, even though I didn't make that much money, he's going to make that money, and people that play the game for the right reason will continue to want to play, and I don't think he'll ever quit. Okay. Well, I, I think we also downplay... There is an addictive nature to throwing a baseball where you want it to be and, and beating guys. Yeah. Like I, that, that, is, that is the one thing, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough to play college and then you know, rec league and everything else like you were talking about after. And when my arm went, that was the thing I told my wife. I was like, I will miss that more than anything. Yeah. I, I can't get that on a golf course, hitting baskets or anything else like that. And so I think guys will do everything they can mm. to get back on that mound and have that feeling. That feeling and that clubhouse feeling. Yeah. Well, that's the big one. That's the one everybody that's says the they miss. I think guys who who are at a certain level and can't do it anymore get really it, it it's hard. You don't want to leave the second part because then it's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard to be away from that second part because you you have conversations in there that you can't have in the general public, right? And I don't want to make that sound like Look, I'm a, guys. I'm, guys don't get that kind of conversation. Right. You can't be at, in the office and have the conversation you have with your boys. Because That's we could never understand thing. it when you give it. By the way, right. if you had that conversation with us right now, we would never understand right. what you went through. Right, 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 right. Those guys, those twenty-five guys in the room, understand yeah, that. But, but there are mean things you can say to the guys that you're you're putting all this work in with each other and we joke around with each other way. for eight months of the year. We're family. It's 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 crass. It's rude. It's, it's there's fights. There's arguments. Come August, you want to punch everyone in the face. Like, it's, it's a family. Well, and then throw in a losing season. Throw in a losing season. August 15th is the moment where everybody goes, yeah. we are so done. Right. Oh, God, I don't want it. And there's a big difference between just to go, like, when you're healthy and you're in a clubhouse, there's no better feeling. Right. When, when you're, you're not hurt. healthy and you're just hanging around, you feel like a big pile of dog poo. And that's why I'm telling you that I think certain guys go, I don't want to be known as this. He's I don't Jacob want that Grom. personality. His body of work means he can sit in that dugout for 10 years and do nothing. If so he can Yoda it. He can Yoda it. They can do, they can pay him the Bobby Bowes contract and actually yeah. have him sit in the dugout and do something for it instead of just collecting it in the Players Association. Peter Moreland's with us, and I want to ask you about this because some of the discussion that we've had around the radio station, when Richard Rodriguez is out there throwing the ball he way, the way he is, you then have people say, well, what about just moving over here and, and doing this with Will Smith? And I keep trying to explain, and, and you could talk about this in a clubhouse. Yeah. When your manager has been making sure and you've been selling out for him, that guy kind of expects to make, like, he's got to falter badly before that job goes over to somebody else. Because I think in a clubhouse, it's weird if you have a guy who's been generally successful yeah. to hand him your job. Yeah. That's it's tough gonna, to do. It's, it's going to take a week of blown saves for yeah. Will Smith not to be the closer. But I don't think that's a bad thing either. Like, sometimes... The toughest inning isn't the ninth. And I understand that the game can be decided in that very ninth inning. 
But to use Rodriguez as a tool anywhere else in that game, you've basically got two closers at your disposal and one's willing to throw whenever. Well, I, I, I think one of the problems is, has become, I think some managers don't want to do the post-game press conference where they get asked the question. Sure. Because you can just go with, well, that's what, that's what the paper said. That's sure. what the book said. That's what everything said. That's where we're leaning to. Right. Here's my issue, though, when it comes to bullpen guys. You can win or lose a game in the seventh. Mm-hmm. And I've always said, is it 2-3-4? Because 2-3-4, now I know some guys tell you, well, I only come in in the ninth. I don't understand it. I only come in when we're up a run. I don't understand. Bob Wickman. I've told a story on Bob old school. But when Bob Wickman said Bob Wickman doesn't pitch in the eighth inning, mm-hmm. then you go, okay, Bob Wickman's got to leave then. Right. We're, we're done with you because there's a certain point where you don't get a chance to. You can win or lose a game in the seventh. You can win or lose a game in the eighth. Mm-hmm. I'm a bigger believer in my best pitcher against their best hitters. I will take that matchup in the seventh and eighth because it's not going to happen in the ninth. Right, but, yep, sure. But, but are you willing to answer to it if it doesn't go well post-game? That's new. That, that's the new way of thinking is to, is to deploy your, your big gun, like the Andrew Miller. That's what I was going to say, like, yep. That's, that Which is was, what I would be right. – I'm but so into wouldn't that. you much rather have the use of three closers like we did that one year and you can basically just shorten a game? So why mess around with throwing – but do you believe in the I'm a seventh inning guy? No. Bob doesn't do this. I'm an eighth inning guy. Bob I doesn't do this. I do believe in now there's a big difference. Routine? There's a big difference between coming into a game when you're two runs down and coming into a game when you're up by one or up by two or mm-hmm. up by three. When you have a chance to help your team win, that motivation, the adrenaline kicks in a little harder. When you're in a game that, that it's going to be tough to come back from and, there's, you know, it's... That competitive nature is kind of gone. You're still trying to do your best you can possibly do, but the chance of winning is, is dwindling. The motivation, the adrenaline's not there. Like, the crowd's not into it. You're just kind of like, oh, man. You're just trying to get the three up, three down and, just and move to the line. Get out of it this inning as quickly as you can, but it's like a lot harder in those innings. What do you think about the idea where a guy walks in and shakes his head, not tonight? I can't go tonight. That depends on... I mean, you're How much, asking, what's you're your body of work? Guy. What's your body of work? Correct. Does it matter what your resume is? How many in a row you've yeah. done? Yeah. Uh, if it's three what about in a dry row? hump? What does a dry hump feel like? It's shit. Dump it again. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. I would much rather get in the game every single time I've warmed up because I've already done what I'm gonna do. Right. Yes, a little bit extra in the game. I was a guy that averaged 14 pitches an inning, so I. If I'd thrown 10 out there, another 14, just let me do it. So I heard you doing a podcast talking about when I got up, I was going in the game. I got pissed off when I wasn't in the game. There that were was, times you called, you yeah. answered the bullpen phone in one time yeah. in Kansas City, yeah. Yeah, basically doing that. I, there, was a, there was a couple of years, one in Kansas City, one in Atlanta, where I've never felt better. And every time the phone rang, I wanted to go in the game. If it was, it, if it was a situation where I thought I was, I was going to be the best guy out there, then... That was what I wanted to go out there. I wanted to be out there as, as often. That's why I led the league in appearances at 840. <laughs> is, is, there no, something, to go again. is there something in the collective bargaining agreement I don't know about when when my rear end hits the bench, I don't come out and pitch another inning? Did I miss that provision? <laughs> right. So, I've got theories on this. You, this is I understand both sides of it, right? The only argument I had, I don't mind guys going, coming down, sitting down, multiple innings, all that sort of stuff. The only thing that I don't like... And if I was a pitcher coach, which I have been, and now I'm a manager, this is the way I'm going to treat the game. If a guy comes in and I have the available pitching and he's got himself, us, out of a massive situation, he's done. He's done his work. doesn't matter what the situation of the game is. Bring someone else in because he will never be able to replicate the adrenaline he felt getting out of that inning. It's it, a, it'll be, it, is, it doesn't matter what you... Starters are, are different beasts. I'm talking about relievers. I had the hardest time whenever I had to go back out, especially if I'd got bases loaded, one out, I get a ground ball double play. Don't send me back out. I, I've blown, I've blown my everything. everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Can you, can, you program, can you reprogram guys to not feel that way? Yeah. Not in big situations, I don't think. That's you different. I, throw me out for three innings. I've done that multiple times. Mm-hmm. But if I've come in and got you out of a jam that someone else got you into, I've done my job. And my adrenaline will never go back there again. You don't like I don't. The feeling you get when you run out on a baseball field and and the crowd screaming. There's three levels of state. The the, the the feeling is is you can't repeat it. So to try and generate it again to go out there and you're, get three you're outs. Fi- you're faking it at I'm, that point. You're like faking you're, it. Yeah. You're, okay. you're not into it. You're not. You're, gen, you're just. You're trying to bob and weave your way through this inning instead of going out there and going. I'm going to destroy these I'm guys. I'm going to shove. You've done that.
Well, what are your thoughts, though, especially nowadays where we're almost regimented to here's my five and dive, here's my six, my seven, my eight, and there's very few guys that seem very comfortable saying, you know what, I'll lead up two innings tonight because yeah. it's needed. And it's just to see that guy go back out always seems to be a very strange thing for me when it does happen. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's the way the game's shifting, too. They're looking to, to turn it more of a of – a, Every guy can... That's the three batter minimum rule, right? Right. So most guys are able to get lefties and righties out. So I'm of the belief that they're, they're, it's MLB wants the game to trend towards that. Every guy is basically a failed starter who's out there and can throw multiple innings and so you get to your close and then there's a guy that throws 100. Like, that's what I think that's what they want the move to be. It'll make the game a little bit quicker, you know, the less pitching changes, all that sort of stuff. But I just think we're losing part of the game. So do you believe... I, I believe the more often you open up the door the better chance for one guy not being good tonight. Chip That's Curry what drives that. me. Right. Chip Curry says that. It's, it's, it's too many guys. It's bad math to me, yeah. which is why I want to see a guy. You know who I think is going to make money eventually? I do, whether it's Luke Jackson. I think a guy who can go two innings and says, I actually have a job in baseball. I throw you two. can't do this. Yeah, I and throw I, two I do every think time. there's a legitimate, especially in a 26-man roster. Mm. I think you have room for, like, I'm not saying Tomlin because – Whatever he's been, God bless him. He's been the he's been a godsend. For God bless a long him because time. he has been a guy who has eaten more crap burgers yeah. mm-hmm. than anybody. Yep. But if you told me, let's say Oscar Arnell is going to come back mm-hmm. and he's he's going to be a bullpen guy, you tell me two times a week I get three innings out of that guy, mm-hmm. I will treat that guy like he's the king of Siam. Well, that's what the Rays do. I will carry him to the ballpark every day. That's what the Rays do. But you want to get three innings at the start or three innings at the back? That's the decision for, for a guy like th- for a guy like that. I'd actually say if you give me middle of the game towards the end of the game. I will carry you to the ballpark every day. Right. I'll send a car for you. Sure. But I think that's a job. It's not a job now in baseball. Yeah. I think it's going to be a job in the future. I think so, too. And I think so is the uh, the Anthony Goes. You know that story? The guy that just pitched for the Team USA in, in uh, the Olympics? The former outfitter who's now a reliever. Who's now a reliever. Seven, yeah. Through five and something innings, gave up one hit, one walk. Like... That's the kind of guy who can put in a good at bat, right. and all of a sudden you get to the fifth inning, and you've bought, had to bring in a reliever early. You can have him take your at bat instead right. of have some guy that's having to come off the bench and waste a pinch hitting opportunity in the sixth inning. At, at some point, maybe it'll be all off of Otani and guys like right. Max Freed that give you even more flexibility, where you start saying, "You know what? I don't really mind that this guy gets a couple swings here and there." Well, what sure, happened to the guy? What happened to the, every high school pitcher was a shortstop? Yeah, or, or center, center fielder. fielder. Well, yeah. You played first base, you yeah. said coming up. I did. But the best athletes were also the guys you gave the ball to and you had the best chance to win. Something happens where whether baseball beats it out of them or just brainwashes it out of them, all of a sudden you go, that's not your job anymore. Why wouldn't it be my job? I might get three at-bats if I pitch well today. So another funny story. Uh, In between the time where I was with the Twins and when I was with the Braves, I almost signed with the Rockies as a first baseman. Huh. Okay. Okay, that brings up this. You know how many career at-bats you had in the majors? Nine. Eight. And one walk. And played appearances. One walk. He was okay. So I was going to ask you, do you do remember you know how many games I played in the big leagues? Total? Yeah. We had 300. No, games. Oh, total games? I have no clue. It's games pitched, 499. Games played, 500. I got a pinch hit in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Why did you get that? Because we're up 14 to nothing and, and I had a did you, did you Did you ask for it? No, I or always told look? Bobby I wanted to hit. Yeah. yeah. Every single day I was in Kansas City, I'd go in the cages and hit Tell the day. truth. Did you have a helmet on with a bat in your hand and say it? Or did you actually just No, every time cooler? Every time I was in the dugout and my spot was coming up, yeah. I'm like, you're going to hit for me again? Like, that was my answer. Was it your bat, by the way? I had never got to use my own bat because we'd already had... I'm a reliever. So I'm, I, I've, used, I've used everyone else's bat for a night bat except for mine. Biggest regret then, not getting a hit? Um, nah. Nah. Would you like to have that on the resume, though? 100%. Just one hit? I got a double. I hit a double in spring training off Woody Williams my first Did you ask training. for the ball? No. Nah. <laughs> I, <didn't know> <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Time. Yeah. Time for that, that ball. <laughs> Woody and Williams he, was throwing like 71 miles an hour that day, by the way. Did you ever ask for, if I walked in your house, yeah. would I know that you did this for a living at some point? No. Nothing. Walked in my my podcast room. Okay. So what's... Oh, actually, there's a photo of all my girls and myself lined up with all wearing my jersey with Moylan at Safeco Field. Okay. So that's the only pitch that we so have. Family it's day? part of 30 pitches okay. on the wall. So what's in the podcast room that you go, that one's got a good story? Um, my first jerseys in there that I wore, which was a throwback jersey. First uh, jersey I wore for the Kansas City Royals was a throwback jersey. I've got those two in there. Funny. Twice, huh? Twice. Was that the powder blue? 
it was the Monarchs in... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Negro release. Yep. Um, and I have I have a couple of balls that are pretty cool. I have okay. Rod Labor on a baseball. Okay. I have Chris Tucker on a baseball. Tiger Woods on a baseball. Um, I have a lot of other things on baseballs that you wouldn't think. When it's Tiger Woods signing a baseball, by the way, do you sign the, another ball back and give it to Tiger Woods? No. Like, here you go, Tiger. Here, take, take mine here. <laughs> Hey, I'm a bigger fan as anyone. I'm a big like I I like memorabilia. Um, I watched um, the Joe Namath documentary and went out and bought a Joe Namath jersey. Like that's the kind of thing I like. That's cool. I like that sort. Of, I I get. I have the people. Every bat that I have has been personally signed to me. All the balls that mean the most have been personally signed to me, and I have a couple of really cool. What was ones, the first obviously. time you sent something to a visitors' clubhouse to get signed? Uh, well, I actually took advantage of that pretty early because you knew my story and I knew my story, and I didn't know how long this was going to last. <laughs> right. So I was literally just, "Hey, I'm Pete Moylan. Sign this for you. Sign you. Yeah. Take care of this." So, um, but, first but did they all years, say to Peter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's so you yeah. can't people sell them. People yeah. know that you're doing it yes, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm and then in your you get comfortable right. and you walk across during BP yep. and you say, "Mr. Bonds." My name's Peter Moylan. I've never had the opportunity to pitch to you, but I would really like it if you'd sign a baseball to me at some point. And he would go to the training room, and I'd hand it to him. And Mr. Moylan, Barry Bonds, God bless. Like that's all right. Here's the obligatory pitcher's question: yeah. Do you do you know who took you the deepest of the deeps? Yeah. Like, did you admire it? Did you just yeah. sort? Okay, so who it was, was it? Mickey Cabrera in Kansas City? Um, he hit me into the fountains in Kansas City. First time he ever got me. Was the last of bat against me. Dan Ugler got me in the last of bat against me too. I always said, I always joked with him, right? I said, you're only as good as your last of bat against me. And, I, <laughs> and I'll show you. I punched him out like a lot. If you look at the numbers, I punched him out nearly if, every time he placed him. And if not for you, Miggy's at 497, not 498 right now. So I, I yeah, you're, you're contributing. I said that I contributed to those 500. Okay, so, so when you're on a golf course or when anybody asks you about that, who is that person that you say, this at bat, this was the guy... This is the one that I, I, I think back in my mind and go, okay, happy place, happy time. Um, what do you mean? Like a, I, yeah, I, like I got a, a, a moment against a, a, a pretty nasty hitter. That I did well? Yeah. Because oh. I, I, I imagine you would remember the, the bad as well. But I mainly remember the bad. I just remember there was a lot of, a lot of extended good, Yeah, if that makes sense. Like there was a lot of periods in my career where I, was, I went on really, really good runs, and those were the runs where I would be like, okay, if this phone rings, it doesn't matter what's happening. I'm I'm going in this baseball game. Like I'm I'm so whatever happens. I, I just remember there was always a comfort level as a guy who was covering the team. When you came in, I would always think ground ball, double play. Right. Like this is what's going to happen. Early, days. It, it early, but that was what it, it was going to make you a commodity in the league. That yeah. because of that throwing style, it was going to be so difficult to elevate the baseball. Yeah, I think that the biggest the thing I'm most proud of is the fact that I had to evolve as a pitcher. When I first came here, I was the sidearm guy that threw 93 to 96. Right. I had Tommy John, and I never got back to that consistent velocity. So I then had to evolve and learn how to pitch. Like, I couldn't just get McCann to go one, three, one, right. three, and sit in the middle of the plate. I had to work corners. I had to go edges. I had to sit at the bottom of the zone. Like, when, when does your mentality change? When do you grow up as a pitcher? I don't have to strike everybody out. Oh, I that can. was early. Roger okay. McDowell taught me that the minute I got to the big leagues. Okay. Because he was a sinker ball guy, too. He was eight, like, eight pitch innings or your best friend? <laughs> three pitch innings are my best friend. Yeah. Give well. me, I've had nights where I've come in from one pitch and taken a shower. I feel like I'd not do much. Doesn't seem very sporting. <laughs> but I've got two outs. Yeah. Doesn't seem got, very sporting. I got two outs. I got us out of an inning, and, and I'm sorry I didn't make you sit there longer and watch more baseball. <laughs> See, he, he ruined your nights that way. So we got two minutes left. And oh, so, really? Yeah, I know. It flies by. Right. And, as, of course, when you can't we you know, got say, to... well, you couldn't uh, answer the vagina question. So, I mean, I know that's that's kind of what was going to happen here. Uh, I want to I want to finish up with just this. Just uh, – I understand we're trying to speed up the game, and, and I think yeah. that's important. And, and, and as, us as parents, I think about trying to invest nine innings on a regular basis and the time restraints that I have with my kids. I'm like, okay, I just can't do it all the time. What does this game need to do in order to start catching some of those guys? Because it caught us when we were younger. How does it keep catching other people when they're younger? I don't know the answer to it. I honestly don't. I, I wish – I have this conversation with current and former baseball players all the time. We talk about this because it is one of those things that is – Three hours and 40 minutes every day is too long to spend at a game. So I asked Dale Murphy when he was in the studio a month and a half ago. Yeah. Dale says the biggest problem is the length of the game. Go to seven innings. Now, I know that that will they'll uh. rain down they'll rain down from the holy hell. <laughs> yep. I'm just uh. telling you, it's the only – and by the way, the numbers are bastardized. So if you're going to tell me – and I'm older than these guys. Do you so I can, rate the Hall of Fame from that point? Yeah, the numbers are bastardized anyway. 400 home runs used to be a god. 
You're not a god anymore. We just talked about wins. Wins don't matter anymore. Yeah. So what's the new 300? It's not what's the new 300. What's the new 225? So seven inning games are the only way that you will have baseball games played at a level for what some guys say. Well, we've got to figure out a way to speed up the game. That's it. There's no other. That horse is seven miles down the road, and you will never bring it back to the barn. You can still seven inning games are the only way. Six minutes ads every. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no one's going to do six hey, minute listen, abs. By the way, by, by the way seven minute abs. You work on TV now. Shh. No, you're I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> no, I'm not. But, yeah. You're not allowed to it, say it just, that. It, it, it feels like I'm talking communism. Like, I'm bastardizing this game I love. It's not. It's already been bastardized. But the doubleheader. So, but the I double hate doubleheader. The doubleheaders right kill me. The doubleheaders. It I doesn't feel like a real game. Like, oh. Bumgarner's oh. game didn't feel like a real game when he had the perfect did game. Did for him. Well, he sure did. Yeah. Did it for everybody else? Did, it didn't doesn't count. matter. It doesn't count. matter what other people think. The game, the numbers the are bastardized. The, the, the numbers are all gone. Right. Anybody who argues you can't play seven inning games, the numbers. The numbers are gone. The numbers are never going to be. We'll never have. It's the one, 60 feet, 6 inches is the same. 90 feet. It's amazing how this game is played out. There's still bang-bang plays. Still bang-bang plays at first. Bigger, stronger, faster. But the numbers have been taken out of. There, there are no more numbers that are the holy ground numbers anymore. It's over. Right. Well, it used to be We. this is how we would discuss errors. And we could make slide adjustments for errors. But, but that's but, the problem, too, is that one official scorer's opinion of an error right. is different. To, and they're never on the same page. Like... Unless we have robot umpires and robot scorers. With and all due respect. Don't bring that take up. the human element way <laughs> out of don't it. Bring with, all, that up. with all due respect, I don't know if you know this. In 1923, guys were working the third shift at a punch press and coming to play professional baseball. I do it in Australia. Yeah, he did that. Right. That's he, what I'm telling you. He cleaned, so, pool. Yeah, he cleaned this, the pool. This, then idea, he came out ball. this idea of, well, you know, the, it's done. I have, I have one of my pitchers in Australia. is an electrician. He works Monday to Friday as an electrician. He comes to pitch for me on the weekend. And he plays with Delman Young. So... I get it. Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Again, thank you to Peter Moylan. Thank you for Chris Domino. Thank you to Hooters over here in Roswell for having us. We will be back on a little bit later this week uh, as we'll be subbing in for a couple people. For everybody, Matt here, thank you. Take it easy. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye. Hey, Matt. Guess what's in my hot tub? AIDS. I've got AIDS. I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. Boom. Big reveal. I'm a pickle. What do you think about that? I turned myself into a pickle. What are you just staring at me for, bro? I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. And? And? What more do you want tacked onto this? I turned myself into a pickle and 9-11 was an inside job? Was it? Who cares, Morty? Global acts of terrorism happen every day. Uh, here's something that's never happened before. I'm a pickle. I'm Pickle Rick! <laughs> oh, fuck. Follow the podcast, Spark, on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Party. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.